Thank you, Brother Steve. Good morning. Good to see all of you. If you have your Bibles, find your place in Romans chapter number 15. Romans chapter 15. I hope you have a Bible. It's always good to bring your Bible to worship so that you can follow along with us. And um, those of you who are watching online, may the Lord bless you. We miss you. Come and be with us when you can. And happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. And this is the season we rejoice and find someone in, uh, in, your, in your family, in your, among your workmates that you can share the gospel with. Tell them the good news that Jesus Christ died for their sins. He is alive today and coming again. And they too can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. We've been thinking about hope in God. I've been sharing my testimony on this very important subject. My question today is this, do you hope in God? Are you living hoping in God? And hoping in God is that idea, as we've talked about, hope means in the Bible, you expect from God. You are expectantly, confidently waiting for God to do what He promised to do. He will do it. And it's a matter of your hope being confident anticipation. So in Romans chapter 15, Paul the Apostle is finishing up talking to the Roman church. And in this, uh, in this section in uh, Romans 15, we've been here before, actually, uh, just a few weeks ago, talking about hope in God. I want to give my testimony along the way as an example. Peter said that we should be ready to give an account to anyone who asks us about the hope that is in us with uh, gentleness and with godliness. So I want to do that for you as an example. I hope you will do that with those who ask you, why are you so hopeful when the world seems so hopeless? Well, that's your opportunity to give your testimony. And so I'm uh, seeking to honor the Lord Jesus Christ and glorify Him today by giving my testimony also. So you've had time now. Romans chapter 15, we'll begin reading in verse number 4. We read these words before. Our focus today will be down in verse 13. But I want you to read all of these words together so that you might get Paul's uh, thinking on this very important subject of hoping in God. Notice there are several places where hope in God or the word hope appears. Romans 15, beginning in verse 4, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of Scriptures, we might have hope. Now, may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Jesus Christ, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. For I say that Christ has become a servant to the circumcision, that is to the Jews, on behalf of the truth of God to confirm the promises given to the fathers. And then again, reading verse 8, Christ has become a servant, verse 9, for the Gentiles to glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, therefore I will give praise to you among the Gentiles, and I will sing to your name. Again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. 
Again, Isaiah says, there shall come the root of Jesse and he who raises, who arises to rule over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles hope. Now our focus is verse 13. Now, a second time, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. We hear these wonderful, ancient, blessed, sacred words. May the Holy Spirit of God now take them to every person in this room, everyone who is listening to these words. May they find their place in their heart. May some be saved who have never been saved from their hopelessness. And may they be saved and come to know Jesus Christ. And may others who are in despair and discouragement among God's people in this room today or listening to my voice today, may they find in the Word of God great encouragement because you are our God of hope, sending the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the hope of the nations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the focus today, <clears throat> excuse me, my continuing testimony today is this. That I hope in God because the Holy Spirit strengthens my hope. So you say, Pastor Mike, you've said a number of times that you're, you have greater hope today than you did yesterday or the week before since we've been starting these days. Yes, I've testified to you that my hope in God through the Lord Jesus Christ is growing. How does it grow, Pastor Mike? How does my hope in God grow? There's so many troubles in my life. There's so many things going on around me. There's so many uh, frustrations and I have uh, troubles inside and fears and worries and all the rest. How does, how does my hope in God grow? Well, it grows. As we see here, Paul gives us this remedy by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want us to talk about this today and and uh, get our minds around this so that we understand this truth. You see, the God of hope, my dear friends, the God of hope blesses those who believe in Jesus Christ with growing hopefulness. The God of hope, that's the God we serve. That's the God we glorify and honor. You see, the God of hope, God so loved the world. The God of hope so loved the world that he sent his only son the hope of the world, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, we worship, we glorify, we honor the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our hope. And as a result of that, we celebrate and praise God and we praise the God of hope. That's what Paul was talking about earlier in this section. You see in verse number five, he prays a prayer blessing for the Roman church. He prays then in verse 13, a second prayer blessing. And I want to say to you as your pastor today, I'm praying this prayer blessing for you as well as I pray it for myself. The prayer, the prayer blessing, first of all, in verse number five, now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grants you to be the, of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus. Well, you see, there's the first prayer blessing. It is that the God who gives perseverance and the God who encourages us will help us to be of the same mind. And then notice 
Why are we to be together? Why are we to be of the same mind in Jesus Christ? Verse 6, so that we might with one accord, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We come to glorify God. We've just sung praise to God. We've glorified Him. We seek to glorify God in our bodies, in the way we live, in our lifestyles as believers. And that's what we do. We do that in order that we might show to other people our hopefulness. Hopefulness in God is a way in which we express glorifying and honoring God. But then we come to this prayer blessing that I want us to focus on today. Now may the God of hope fill you all. This is my prayer blessing for you as your pastor. This is part of the reason why I'm spending these weeks talking about this, because as I've said to you, the burden I have seeing the, uh, the despair and discouragement among us that seems to be so strong for some, to remind you that you are saved and the grace of hope is in you and the Holy Spirit of God produces in us growing hopefulness. This is part of the reason why I'm spending my time talking about this. Now, this is for you. This is for you. This is for you listening. This is, this is a prayer blessing for you. Now, may the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace in believing. May the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace in believing so that you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, so that you, First Baptist Church, so that you, my neighbor, my follower, friend, follower of Jesus, my friend who listens to us, so that you will abound in hope. That's it. You will abound in hope. How? How do I do it? How do I abound in hope? How do I experience this joy and peace that comes from believing in Jesus Christ? What happens? By the power of the Holy Spirit. So I have three ways in which I want to expand on this and share my testimony. If my, if my confession to you today is that I hope in God because the Holy Spirit strengthens my hope, then I ought to explain myself. So what does that mean? Well, my answer is found in verse number 13 and also at the end of verse number 12. First of all, my hope in God today is Jesus Christ, my Lord. My hope in God is Jesus Christ, my Lord, my living Lord Jesus. My hope in God is Jesus Christ, my Lord and the God of hope. Our Father, the, Lord Je uh, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, fills us with joy and fills me with joy and peace because of my faith in Jesus Christ. My joy and peace and being filled with joy and peace is connected to my faith in Jesus Christ. And then my hope in God grows because I have faith in Jesus Christ and I continue to believe in Him and walk with Him by faith all the days of my life, regardless of what's going on and what happens in my life, my hope in God grows because of the power of the Holy Spirit within me to help me grow and gain greater hopefulness. So let me talk about each of these for just a moment. Number one, my hope in God is Jesus Christ my Lord. I, be, I began this very important 
testimony, part of my testimony last week when I said to you that I hope in God because Jesus Christ, my high priest, is alive today in heaven. That is my testimony. I live my life, I live my life recognizing that just as I am very much alive today before you, you're here alive on this planet. The Lord Jesus Christ is very much alive today, glorified human body, glorified as God. He is in a glorious place in heaven, just as much alive as you are alive today. And he is my high priest and he is your high priest. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, we go to him and we experience his help and his mercy. And because of that, my hope is in the living Lord Jesus Christ, whom I call Lord and whom I seek to follow all the rest of the days of my life. So what does Paul do here in helping us to think about this. Well, in verse number 8, all the way through verse 12, he describes how Jesus Christ is the servant. He came in this world. That's what Christmas time's all about. Christmas time's all about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and coming to be like us, identify with us, being tempted like we are, having a body just like we do, but yet without sin. And here we see that Jesus becomes a servant, verse 8. First, he was a servant to the nation of Israel to, to, to fulfill the promises of Abraham. And Paul says in verse 8, Christ became a servant to the Jews on behalf of the truth of God to confirm the promises given to the fathers. So all that we read in the Old Testament, Jesus Christ fulfills it. He is the fulfillment of the promises that God made to Abraham the patriarch, and to those patriarchs that were at the beginning of Israel's history. But also, he says, and for Gentiles, Christ has become a servant. He came to this world so that, please notice verse 9, so that Gentiles, those of us who are not Jewish in our background, Gentiles could glorify God for His mercy. You know why my hope is in Jesus Christ, my Lord? Because I have cried out all of my life, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. I have cried, have mercy on me when I was in the deepest of pains and troubles and despair. And He showed mercy to me. I have cried to mercy when I have had great sin in my life, when I've been tempted. I have called out to the Lord Jesus Christ and cried to Him as my high priest. And I have come to Him, drawn near to Him, crying and praying to Him, have mercy on me. I am saved today. I am born again and have hope in my life because Jesus Christ has shown mercy to me as a sinner. He has shown mercy to me so that I might be a new person in Christ. I have called out to Him for mercy and He has shown me mercy. That is why the Lord Jesus Christ is my Lord and I choose to follow Him and stand up for Him and not be ashamed of Him wherever I go. He has shown mercy to me and because of that, I have hope for the rest of my life. My hope is built on my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ who is alive. The Lord Jesus, my friend, is not an idea or a concept. 
a bunch of, of, of thoughts and, and good teachings uh, by somebody who's now in the grave. No, these are the words. We follow the living Lord Jesus Christ, who has ascended to heaven, who is seated as our high priest and king, and one day will return. You must have a living relationship with Jesus Christ and be able to talk to your friends about what it means to have a living relationship with Jesus Christ, just like you can talk about having a living relationship with all of your friends. Can you do that today? If you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can say along with me to whoever asks you about the hope within you, you can say, my hope in this world and after death is in Jesus Christ alone. That's why Paul said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, in you. If you are born again, Christ is in you and you are in Christ. You enjoy a marvelous, spiritual, amazing union with Jesus Christ. You are now possessed by God. Christ is in you. That's why I Love when we sing the song, hallelujah, all I have is Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus is my life. You see, that's the song of hope. That's what we say in this world. My friend, don't turn to, so if, you're, if you're needing help today and you're turning to other humans for your help and your encouragement, Remember this, they're going to disappoint you. You're going to feel that they're not able to come through. But if you will turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm talking to some of my own fellow believers here. You've turned away in your life. You've turned to other things. You've turned to other people. You're now relying on them for your hope and confidence. You're going to be sadly disappointed. I call you to come back and turn back to the Lord Jesus Christ, either to be saved for the first time, be saved and be born again, so that you can experience real hope in exchange for your hopelessness, or that you turn back as a follower of Jesus and you come back to the Lord. Secondly, the God of hope. This is another reason why I can say to you that I hope in God because the Holy Spirit strengthens me. Here it is. The God of hope has done something inside of me. He has filled me with joy and peace because I have put my faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not standing here saying to you that I don't have despair because I do. I'm not saying to you today that I don't have times of discouragement. I do. But the reality is that there is this way in which I can live by faith and experience the filling of the Holy Spirit, which gives to me joy and peace rather than the opposite. Some of us have come to church today and the last thing we could say that we're filled with is joy and peace. We have come. We're here. Some aren't even able to come. Some are so in despair. There is no joy in their life. There is no peace in their life. They live in torture. They live in fear. They live in anger and bitterness. They live in unforgiveness. There are those who 
all around us have, they think that happiness is joy and they do not understand the contentment that comes in a life of joy. Joyfulness is contentment with what God does in our lives regardless of what it may be. So I now pray this blessing for myself as well as for you. May the God of hope, my friends, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. And some of you, that's what you need today. You need to be filled with joy and peace. You see, the God of hope sends the Lord Jesus Christ to the hopeless. We read in Matthew chapter 12, a battered reed he will not break off, a smoldering wick, speaking about Jesus. He will not put out until he leads justice to victory. And in his name, here we are, here's this quote again, Isaiah, in his name the Gentiles will hope. The Lord Jesus said, but the helper, this was to his disciples before he ascended to heaven, before he ascended to heaven, after he'd been raised from the dead, before that he was in the upper room and here's what he said, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Listen now, please, listen. <clears throat> Paul's saying here, <clears throat> may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Listen. The Lord Jesus said, peace I leave with you. I'm going, <clears throat> but I'm leaving you something. Peace I leave with you. He goes on. Not as the world gives do I give to you. My peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. Listen, do not let your heart be troubled. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. What must you do? In believing. In believing. It's in the present tense in verse 13. As I continue to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit does His work of emptying me of those things that I do not want. I, I want to get rid of the fear in my life. I want to get rid of the discouragement in my life. I want to get rid of the despair in my life. <clears throat> I want to get rid of the bitterness in my life. I want to get rid of how the old nature just rears up and fights and battles. I want joy and peace. How does it come? It comes as I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, and I live and walk by faith every day. You must trust the Lord Jesus Christ every day of your life. Paul said, the kingdom of God's not eating and drinking, folks. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It is, listen, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What do we all know? Many of you in this room, you teach the Bible, you come regularly, you've heard many preaching, uh, preach, uh, many sermons through the years. What do we learn about the fruit of the Spirit? That is, when you're saved, there is fruitfulness that comes. There is the fruit of the Spirit that comes. Paul describes it, love, but then the next two parts of that wonderful fruit. Love, joy, and peace. You see, this is the way the Christian lives in the world. This is how we live. We're not hand wringers. We're not worry warts. We're not filled with fear and terror, no matter what the world may preach or say or declare. 
We are those who live filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And as a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit of God, did you catch this? You have the peace of Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. Have you read the Gospels? Did you ever see him at a time where he was not at peace? Oh, he was always at peace. Would you not like to have the peace of Jesus Christ? You can if you're born again. You see, the grace the grace of the blessing of having the fruit of the Spirit gives you joy and peace. I'm asking you to evaluate your life today. I'm asking you to, to evaluate, are you really born again? You see, if you're born again, these things start to come. Joy and peace and love and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. These things start to come in my life rather than the old ways I used to live and the old attitudes I used to have. And joy and peace come in my life as a result of my faith in Jesus Christ. That's why, my friend, you must be filled with the Spirit. I'm asking you again. What are you filled with today? What are you full of? Hate, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, cynicism. What is it you're full of? What is it you're filled with? You see, this is why we learn that the trials come in our life to empty us of those things that God wants to replace with these blessed things of the Spirit. The last thing I would say to you is this, that my hope in God grows. Your hope in God can grow because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, friend, if you, you've misunderstood me in these weeks already, if I've said hope in God and you think you can go home and just maybe take a vitamin and look in the mirror and it'll start happening. It's not going to happen. You can't make yourself hope in God. You can't just grit your teeth enough and say, okay, I will now hope in God. It never worked. You see, hope in God is connected to your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I've said this repeatedly. I will continue to say it. You see, the grace of hope that God gives us comes only when we're saved. And you must believe in Jesus Christ. So here we have it. Now may the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace in your believing in Jesus Christ so that your hope will abound. This word for abound is a beautiful word. It's describing what happens with a flower. A flower starts in the bud and then it gradually opens to full bloom. That's what's happening with, with hope. It's so small. It seems so insignificant at first when we get saved. But as we believe and walk with the Lord Jesus, this means you have to trust God in the worst circumstances of your life. This means you must trust God when everything in your life is a mess and it's falling apart. This means that you must trust God when you don't know the way you ought to go and what you ought to do. It means you are going to trust the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in Him. You are going to follow Him regardless of where it leads you. And as a result, as a result of believing and trusting in Him as your Lord and Savior... You trust Him and hope starts to open and hope starts to grow. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He empowers us with growing hopefulness. I'm describing the normal Christian life. I'm describing the norm. I'm not describing the exceptional. I'm describing what is for you. 
as a follower of the Lord Jesus. You see, the Holy Spirit strengthens our mind and our emotions and our desires. Paul prayed this in his prayer in Ephesians 3, 16. Easy to remember. John 3, 16. Ephesians 3, 16. Listen, just, just this little part of his prayer. Ephesians 3, 16. He prayed for the Ephesian church that God would grant them, listen, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. That's what I need. That's what you need. We need to be strengthened with God's power in the inner man so that when that day comes, when that hardship comes, when those afflictions come, when we face struggles and difficulties, we are overwhelmed by and we don't know what to do. We experience because of our believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what we say. Lord, I don't know why you're doing this, but I trust you in what is happening in my life. Lord, I don't know what to do, but I will do whatever you want me to do. Lord, I don't know which direction to go, but I will follow you as the Lord Jesus followed you. Whatever the cost, whatever happens. And as we believe the Lord Jesus, hope comes. It's unexplainable. The world can't understand it. How we could live with such hopefulness and that actually today our hopefulness is greater than it was yesterday. This is what I've been saying to you, my friend. When I am filled with the Spirit, when I am living as I'm talking about myself, when I'm living as I should and walking with God, oh, how the joy and peace, oh, the joy and peace of the Lord Jesus that comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit comes into my life and removes those things in my mind that just seem to shred me and destroy me and terrorize me. And there comes a hopefulness. And that's why I try to stand before you to tell you my hope today, today, this day, whatever the date is, my hope today is greater than it was yesterday. Hope grows by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when the power of the Holy Spirit is released in my life, what did Paul say? Lord, I've got this thorn in my life. Get rid of it. Lord, I've got this thorn in my life. Get rid of it. Lord, I've got this thorn in my life. Get rid of it. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you with your thorn. And when you have your thorn, remember this, the power of God, God said to Paul, is released when you are weakest. The power of God is connected to my weakness. You see, otherwise, I would think it was my power overcoming it. You know what the problem with some of us is? We try to put our power with God's power in order to solve our problems. It never works. I know many of us in this room, very ingenious, very independent. We, know, we think we know how we ought to do it. And the Lord says, well, okay, as long as you think that, how's that working out for you? Until we finally say, Lord, have mercy. I don't know what to do. I must trust you in this circumstance in my life. I must trust you with my life. And all of a sudden, the power of God comes to give you strength. You see, my friend, the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to say this very carefully. This is what I believe Paul is saying here in the second phrase of verse 13. You will abound. It's a promise. 
If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and walk by faith, you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit comes when there's weakness in my life. And the power of the Holy Spirit brings growing hopefulness that allows me, listen, to patiently wait on God. That's the way I'm able to wait. People say, I just don't know what to do about this waiting on God. Well, you'll never wait on God without the power of God. You'll never wait on God without the power of God. Unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit and you're filled with the Spirit, you will not wait on God. You will, you will do as Abraham and others have done, take things into your own hands. You will not wait on God. And some of you are about to do something that you shouldn't do or make a decision you shouldn't make because you are not waiting on God. You become impatient. But you see the power of God. The power of God grows the hopefulness in my life that God's going to come through. And so I patiently wait on God in all my circumstances. The power of the Holy Spirit grows my hopefulness. Listen, and I'm joyfully hoping in God even when all of my life is a mess. Look around what the world says about Christians. While you all trust in your God... And look how terrible your lives are. So the cynic says, where is your God? Isn't that what the unbelieving one said to David the psalmist? Where is your God? Where is your God in all the pain of this world? Where is your God in all the misery? Where is your God in all the sickness and corruption and wickedness of the world? Where is your God? The answer of followers of Jesus by the power of God, the Lord Jesus, my God, is in heaven. He is doing as He must do sovereignly. The Lord Jesus Christ is accomplishing His purposes and He gives me, listen, He gives you in the midst of the troubles of our life in this world, He gives us growing hopefulness so that we can be joyful and at peace even when it's all falling apart around us. Like Noah at peace in the ark when the flood waters were rising. You see, the power of the Holy Spirit grows my hopefulness in God. And are you ready for this? This is a real test. Here's test of the hopefulness of God in your life. To follow what Paul said in another place. Give thanks for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. What? Give thanks. Yes. Yes, when hopefulness grows by the power of God through the Holy Spirit, we are able to bend our knee in whatever circumstance comes in our life and we are able to give thanks to God. So what do we learn today from these three observations? Well, we learned several things that I want you to see today. First of all, the God of hope gives hope to the hopeless. I know today that there are some who are listening. You do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you may be a religious person. Your family may be fooled. Uh, you may have fooled yourself and deceived yourself, talking yourself into the fact that you're saved. But when you, when you lay your head down at night and when you're in that 
a quiet place. You don't really like quiet much. You don't really like to be alone much because then your mind awakens and you start thinking about the fact that you really don't know Jesus Christ. You start getting afraid of dying. You wonder what's going to happen. You're fearing everything around you. You're gripped by fear and you're living in hopelessness. You look around and you see what's the use of this world and there is no hopefulness. But you, though you may be religious, you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. I appeal to you. Turn to the God of hope who sent the Lord Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. He will have mercy on you. Repent of your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. You see, hope in God fills the soul. I'm talking about this is what fills us. Hopefulness fills my soul as I'm trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. I do not understand it, but this is the teaching of God's Word. I can measure how I'm doing. If there's little hope in my life, there's little faith. I'm not saying little faith isn't faith. But you must strengthen your faith by the Word of God, by the promises of God, by looking at the living Lord Jesus and coming to Him. The Holy Spirit strengthens your hopefulness. Your hopefulness grows in relationship to your faith in God. But here we are. Hope grows the longer you wait on God. Some of you have been waiting on God for a long time, haven't you? You've been praying about something. There's a situation or circumstance in your life and you don't understand why God doesn't release you from it. You don't understand why it's still in your life. You'd think that you've done enough for the Lord. You can never do enough. The Lord has His ways and purposes. He disciplines us if we're His children for our own good because He loves us. The circumstances in your life are a part of that discipline. You see, Jeremiah cried out something very good <clears throat> in a terrible, horrible day. He was in Jerusalem in the book of Lamentations while Jerusalem was being absolutely decimated. Why the mothers were eating their own children, the Jewish mothers, because they had nothing to eat. There was absolute massive starvation. There was complete desolation. All of Jerusalem was gone and taken over. The wrath of God had fallen upon an unbelieving Israel. And after Jeremiah describes in the book of Lamentations for a number of chapters, he comes to the famous words in Lamentations 3. As he stands in the midst of a world coming apart in absolute desolation and death, he says... Lamentations 3, 24, the Lord is my portion. If I don't have anything else, if I lose everything else, if I don't have anywhere I can go, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Can you say that today? You know, the day may come when you don't have as much as you have today. You may have less. You may have more. But do you say, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Listen, therefore, I have hope in Him. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in Him. Listen, the Lord is good. What in the world? How could Jeremiah say such things? Was he standing there looking at what's being done all around him? 
The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. Waiting on God is hoping in God. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him for the person who seeks Him. Well, you see, when I am hopeful, I pursue God. I pursue God. I seek to have a real relationship with Him that grows so that I'm able to say what the bride said about the bridegroom in Song of Songs. I am His and He is mine. I am His, He is mine. You see, that's my hope. My hope is in Jesus Christ. And because of that hope in Him, because He is he is my Lord and Savior. I believe in Him and joy and peace comes as I believe. And as I believe, joy and peace come in my life and my hopefulness grows. So what do you do with all of this, my friend? What do you do? Well, you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. You yield to the Holy Spirit who gives joy and peace. You know, the saddest thing is to look at people in the world trying to make themselves happy. It never works. Who try to have peace of mind. And you know what drives people to drink? You know what drives people to alcohol? You know what drives people to madness in pursuing possessions and money and other things? And multiple relationships? They just want peace of mind. And they can't get it. You cannot make yourself joyful and peaceful. It only comes in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you must ask today, why am I not joyful and peaceful? There's only two answers. Either, you've, either you have grieved the Holy Spirit as a believer. You have sinned and you have sin in your life unconfessed. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit is grieved and will not... Empower you and do His work until you confess that sin or you're lost in your sins. There's only two reasons why. You're not living in the joy and peace of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and seeing your hope grow. So be filled with the Spirit. Paul said, do not be drunk with wine. It dissipates. Drunkenness goes away. Drunkenness, has to, you have to do it again to have it again. But being filled with the Spirit, ah, oh, that is what we have. The Holy Spirit of God fills your life and gives you joy and peace so that you might live for the Lord Jesus and glorify Him all the days of your life and live in thankfulness. My prayer blessing for First Baptist Church, for all of you, my friends, it is my prayer blessing for myself. Maybe you should share this with someone you know when you leave today. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.